The temperature is rising in cryptocurrency. Some people might measure those in Fahrenheit, but I choose to measure it in Celsius. That's right, the number one decentralized finance project of the year that actually has roots going back all the way to the 90s. Celsius is up 2,400% for this year alone and looks like it could be pushing higher. One of the most stable projects in cryptocurrency. Today, we are going to sit down with the CEO of Celsius, Alex Mashinsky, to pick his brain on what is happening in DeFi, what is going to be the future for cryptocurrency and adoption, and more importantly, what can we expect from Celsius and the Cell token in the future? Let's get it. Hello and welcome to BitBoy Crypto. My name is Ben. Every day I show you how to make money in cryptocurrency. If you like money, which I know you do, go ahead and please tap that subscribe button and the bell for notifications. Today, I sat down with CEO of Celsius, Alex Mashinsky, and this is one of the most thought-provoking interviews I know I've done in a long time. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it, so let's check it out. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Uh, today, I am uh, very pleased to be joined by uh, the founder of Celsius, Alex Mashinsky. Uh, if you guys don't know who he is, we'll get into kind of his background and history and things like that. I think it's really important to kind of understand uh, where Celsius has come and you know where you guys are going. So Alex, how are you doing? Great, thanks for having me and uh, looking forward to a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to share personally, uh, the first time I ever, I say met you, you know, like people will say they met somebody and they like saw them at a concert, you know, or something like that. But I went to the first cryptocurrency conference I ever went to was the Blockchain World Conference in uh, New Jersey, in Atlantic City. And it was a disaster. <laughs> the conference was a disaster. John McAfee was supposed to be there. He wasn't there. Patrick Byrne was there. He's a very, very interesting guy. And uh, you came up on stage uh, with Celsius. I don't know how much you had talked about Celsius before that. But it was the first time I had ever been exposed to it. And I got to hear your story and, uh, you know, your history with VOIP. And I was, like, super impressed, super interested with what you guys were doing. And then to see how far it's came since then, I mean, you know, just congratulations to you for, first and foremost. Yeah, thanks. And and, and I remember that event viscerally because, like you said, uh, it was much smaller than it was planned. But, oh, yeah. but we had a great time. I think there were a lot of good people there that I still meet and they're like, oh, I met you in that, in that New Jersey event. So, but look, the, the credit goes to the community. I mean, what, what, we, uh, what we've done is all powered by the community there. It's their coins, it's their income. Uh, we created a, an engine, a mechanism, but uh, they're the ones who are taking most of the benefit here. Absolutely, you guys are very serious about cartoon caricatures, right? <laughs> yeah, it started with, we had our own, uh, well, you know, because different people come in different types, and and uh, <laughs> we wanted to make sure we had a, an animal for every uh, for every human being, and everybody could pick. Uh, you know, they they pick the team picked the hippo for me because I guess they 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 want me to lose some weight. But I love the hippo. I, I have a big hippo surprise coming for the people on my channel in the future. They'll know what that. I was means hoping to be a whale. I wanted to be a whale. Yeah, but, you uh, became a hippo. Yeah, that's right. Uh, man, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, so I learned the hard way not to make fun of those cartoon characters. I, I criticized one of the cartoon characters on the Celsius website, and I was scolded vehemently by people <laughs> left and right because yes. they're attached to real people. So they're like, this person who's represented by this will be offended. So I, I can't even bring it up. I don't want to bring up what happened. That's um, right. so, so Celsius exploded this year. We're going to get into that decentralized finance. Uh, you guys are one of the top DeFi projects really at this point. 
Um, I don't think anybody would have probably considered you. I didn't think decentralized finance was a term when you guys started. Um, but yeah. let's let's get a little into your history. Uh, you know, you are. I don't know. Let me get this right. The creator of EOIP, or it, w w what do you consider yourself to be when that uh, in that niche? Yeah. So, so look, I get I can't take all the credit for it, but but uh, there were definitely many experiments going at the same time. There was Did Al Gore was Al Gore one of these people? <laughs> well, look, Al Gore was definitely a prominent uh, uh, speaker for the information superhighway, which was almost like a, a government version of the internet. You know. And uh, we call back in the day, back in the early '90s, we called it. Everybody had a different name for it. Just like before DeFi, I called it Moi, but money over IP. Oh, I, yeah, interesting. I think I remember you saying that. And everybody else called it DeFi, and DeFi just sounds much much cooler than Moi. You know? So, so, but uh, there were different experiments. There was another company called Vocal Tech that tried to put voice on Ethernet, right? And I focused on TCP/IP. Uh, when I looked at all the different technologies that were out there, um, eh, I realized—I don't know why—but I realized that it's going to be running on the on the public internet, right? And remember, this is back when the fastest modem that you could buy was 14 baud and 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 14.4, and that wasn't enough to even carry one conversation. Meaning, you actually couldn't use your modem to make a VoIP call. So, so the idea that you can put voice on the internet was just crazy. It sounded like completely ridiculous. So while other people worked on channels that had more bandwidth, I focused on this because I believed in the openness of the public internet, right? And I, I said, look, they're gonna solve the speed issues, they're gonna solve the security issues and all that, this other stuff. So today, 100% of VoIP is basically TCP IP or UDP based. And the internet ate up all the other networks, right? Basically, it's the dominant network out there. Uh, and uh, I just got lucky. I was at the right place at the right time. And, and I wrote the patent. I built the first few gateways. So I definitely cannot say I did it all by myself. Yeah. But at the same time, um, my VoIP gateway is probably the world's first VoIP gateway. So I, I can take some credit. You know how Watson makes that first phone call to Alexander Bell yeah. makes that yeah. first call? That happened in our office in Fort Lee, New Jersey, wow. back in 1994. So, so, so that is definitely predates uh, everybody, including Cisco, including everybody else by several years. Cisco, most known for the thong song. That's a different Cisco, I'm sorry. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, okay, it's easy to go into Celsius. We're, we're, we're getting there. We're building up to that. I want to know what happened in between there. That's what I haven't really heard you. Talk. Like, how did you go from you're all involved in VOIP, you are the the Alexander Graham Bell, if you will, of VOIP, to to, <laughs> to getting that, involved? That will never. Yeah, that will never go away. Now that's it. That no, yeah, like, yes, oh, you he are. compared himself to Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> no, look. Well, they, you they, also compared yourself to a hippo, though. So to be fair, uh, now we've got two. Right. Have a hippo okay. with a telephone. This will be really the image. So, yeah, so just a little bit of background. So I, look, I, I was born in the Ukraine. My, uh, my parents immigrated to Israel right before the 1972 war. And, and uh, I grew up in Israel, went to the military there and this and that. And I flunked through college, actually flanked through two colleges. And, uh, and, I, and actually I flew to, I had to go to Europe. I had a business deal in Paris and it was cheaper to buy a ticket to the US with a stop in Paris, then oh, wow. to go directly. So I was in Paris, I was doing this thing and I have this free ticket to the United States. And I'm like, 
And I had, you know, I had a little bit of money in a plastic bag, you know, like a, 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 like a shopping bag. I didn't bring any clothes because I thought I'm only going to be in Paris for a few days. And I'm like, you know what? I know one guy in New York is a friend of mine in New Jersey. I'll call him. He'll pick me up at the airport at JFK. And, and I landed JFK and he doesn't show up. And, and I'm like, what do I do now? You know, so I took the bus to 42nd Street you know, like the bus from the airport to 42nd Street, because I think it was $14 or something like that. It was the cheapest ride you can get. And, and I never came back. I mean, the, I never went back to Paris. I never went back to Israel. Well, I, I visited, obviously. My right. parents lived there, my, my three sisters. But landing in the United St States is like seeing the world for the first time. Mm -hmm. Because after you've worked in Europe and after you've worked in other places around the world, and most Americans just don't appreciate that, right? They just don't travel enough. And when they travel, they travel to a fancy hotel or to a fancy place that- Well, I just like, I, I like hamburgers. I like hamburgers with ketchup only, and they don't do that exactly. in a lot of other countries. So I like to stay exactly. here. So they go to a place where everybody speaks English and everybody treats them just like they treat them in America, right? So, but my point is, is that when you are in the foreigner and you come to this country and, and the willingness of people to work with you, to listen to your idea, they don't care where you came from, uh, what pedigree do you have? Did your parents, did you graduate from uh, Oxford University or whatever? And I didn't have any of those things, yeah. right? So, so automatically I just clicked, right? I was like, I love this place, right? And, and before Celsius, I did seven startups as a founder, one after the next, bang, 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 right? Raised over a billion dollars, uh, all venture-backed, seven venture-backed companies, three billion in exits, I thought I was done, right? I was like, I'm going to retirement. I don't want to work anymore. And I became miserable. I was like, my wife was like, go find something to do, you know? Like, <laughs> so, funny. and my, my co-founder, Daniel and, and, and Nuke, you know, they both nagged me about this thing about crypto. And I'm like, God, you know, like I've looked at it in 2009. I looked at it in 2011. I looked at it after Mt. Gox. I even have some coins. Like, what do you want from me? And they're like, you don't get it, right? You don't get it. Usually you are ahead of the curve. Usually like you're the first guy in. Here you're the, gonna be the last guy in, you know? So I was like, what do they want? Like what, what's going on? Because I am an efficiency freak, right? When I look at the phone network, I was like, what a wasted network, right? TDM, time division yeah. multiplexing. Most of the time, 90% of the network is just sitting idle. Of course, if you put it on TCP IP and you did, asynchronous uh, packet packet uh, uh, transfer, uh, you could do much more with the same bandwidth, right? So, so for me, wasting mining, wasting communication where 10,000 nodes talk to each other all the time to keep a network going, a distributed ledger was colossal uh, inefficiency. So it was very, very hard for, for someone who's very technical. I have like 50 patents on everything that we use, you know, like uh, you, 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 anything that's on TCP IP, I had, I had my finger in it one way or another, you know? So I know how everything works, right? I mean, for me, it's like, I, if, if, if I don't sleep at night, unless I know how something works all the way down to the atomic level, right? So, yeah. so it was very important for me to understand what I was missing, right? And when, after Mungox, that was like an event that I was like, this thing should be dead. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's when I actually, I had sold all my crypto at that point. I, I thought it was over for sure. Exactly. Like yeah. how is it still alive? You know? Yeah. So, so it, and it forced me to rethink what I thought was obvious, right? Well, why, why do you need this? And eventually I realized that 
the double spend problem is not just because look i i tried to do money transmission over the internet back in 2003 i was like i was doing email attachment basically i'll send you an email i'll attach a document i'll verify that it's authentic uh, through encryption but it didn't have the double spend thing right it didn't have the distributed ledger so so i knew the the components uh, but i didn't get the, the big picture and when finally i got the big picture i said okay well now I understand what the network is about. How do we replace the current financial system with something that acts in your best interest? That was my challenge. And that took me another two or three years to really find a, uh, a formula, find the kind of like this flywheel that we have that always acts in the user's best interest. Because unfortunately, many, many of the systems and companies in crypto are just copying the worst practices that Wall Street have, fees upon yeah. fees upon fees. And, and I wanted to create something that really built something new, built something that was so much better uh, than the existing infrastructure that, that I want to leave behind. Yeah, so what? So if it's, if it's no fees, right, and it's all for everybody else, then like, where, how, do you, how do you make money though? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like what? Yeah, so I mean, you're obviously not like, None of us are out here like 100% altruistically like, hey, I just like to get and talk crypto. Like, hey, content creation is my career now, you know? So like what, what is, it, it's free, but then, sure, sure. you know, what, what are you guys doing on that end? Yeah, what's the Yeah, so look, it, it, and, and, and that is a great question. And, and I always, it bothers me that they never teach you any of this stuff. Even you can, you can graduate in PhD in economics and you go to that graduate and you say to him, okay, explain to me how banks make money or explain to me how Goldman Sachs or somebody else uh, makes all their money and they won't be able to explain it to you. So most, most banks uh, make their money two different ways, right? One mm -hmm. is they charge fees. So they charge you the ATM fee. They charge you money to deposit your stuff. They charge you an activity fee. They charge you a checking account fee. They charge you ATM fee to withdraw your money, right? Uh, uh, overdraft fee, you name it. They have a hundred different fees. But what most people don't realize is that most banks, if you look at JP Morgan, you say, okay, they made $30 billion in profit last year. Most of that actually didn't come from the fees. It came from the, you giving them your money almost for free, right? They pay 0.1%. Yeah. And then they turn around and they lend uh, your neighbor, right? Your neighbor who's using a Chase credit card pays 24%. So they pay you 1% or 0.1% and your neighbor pays 24%. So your money is making money because they lent it to your neighbor, but you're not making anything on that money. So they, they're a middleman. They're, they're a toll collector in the middle between you and your neighbor, but they get to keep 90% of the value, right? Yeah. So, so the, the, most people just don't understand how money makes money. That is the piece that is missing. So if you could just take this formula of money making money, right? And you kept, you Celsius kept 20% and you gave 80% to the depositor instead of giving 90% to the shareholders. Because what, what JP Morgan and other banks do exceptionally well, Goldman Sachs, everybody, every one of those guys, is they give all those profits to the shareholders, to yeah. Warren Buffett, to to all their big uh, whales who are who own big giant chunks of the bank. So what we decided to do is just do what basically Amazon, or Costco, or all these companies did. Always act in the best interest of the customer, mm -hmm. and then you can build some of the world's largest companies. That's 
that's how uh, all these guys got successful. Yeah, and I mean, that's how a lot of our, we're kind of seeing like a, uh, a turning point with the tech world where it was about that. And then a lot of, you know, the big tech companies, they've kind of hit a point where they're going the opposite way. You know, I mean, I think Google's slogan used to be do no evil, I think something That's like right. that. And now we most, most of us consider them like the evilest company in the world, you know, right. um, Facebook skipped that part. They're like, we don't even have to say they that. just we went just straight, to evil. straight to evil. Yeah. Well, they were, you know, born out of stealing the idea from the Winklevoss twins. Dr. So, evil. That's what Dr. Evil. Doctor, they have a doctorate in, in being, hey, but evil. he sure does love to smoke meats. So, uh, yeah, Celsius has exploded this year though. And I think for me personally, knowing, uh, kind of seeing the plan near the beginning of what you guys were doing years ago, uh, or at least what, what I saw as the beginning of it, it took a long time. It, the, the custodial services, your interest rates, like they were doing good. I've used Celsius. I actually did a fantasy football league last year. Uh, and we had, we all took Bitcoin and we paid and we all put it in Celsius. So it earned interest, uh, you know, throughout the season, which, Unfortunately, last year it was worth less than when we put it in the beginning. But, you know, hey, we're moving on to bigger things, moon things here this year. But so I've used Celsius before. I like it. I think it's a great service. Um, but like the price of the coin, it seemed like it took forever to really get some momentum. And now this year, it really finally hit. What has that been like for you guys as a company, seeing the valuation of your coin uh, go up? And, you know, I, I know on like one hand, it's like, you feel validation because you know what you're doing is good, but like that had to be kind of validating for the company at the same time. Sure, sure. And, and look, I, again, I got to give credit to the community for sticking around with us, right? I mean, all the people that I meet to say, look, I bought in the ICO, I stuck around for two or three years, I waited for it to come back and, and, and so on. So we did not follow any of the uh, kind of like the normal path that most ICO did. So the normal formula was, uh, create it as fast as you can, pump it up, right? List it mm -hmm. on as many exchanges as you can, dump on the community, move on, right? Do another one. So uh, we that's that wasn't our plan. Our plan was we didn't care about the price of sell token. What we wanted to do is deliver a product that people wanted to use. And we knew that the sell token will take care of itself. Why? Because the more users we have, the more deposits, the more deposits, the more earnings and the more earnings, the more people are going to want to use sell. So um, it did kind of rocket in the last uh, few months, right? It's up 2,400%. It's one of the best performing yeah, uh, tokens out there. And it's holding very nicely. Like, uh, you know, like right now, DeFi is down like 50%. Oh yeah. Murder. And sell token is near all time highs, right? So, so I think uh, uh, that just tells you how strong the community is. Also, Celsius is by far the largest holder of sell token. We have half of all the tokens and we've never sold them, right? So we are sitting on half of the tokens and every week we go to market, like this week we'll be buying $653,000 worth of sell token from the market, right? We're gonna go to Liquid, we're gonna go to Uniswap and we're gonna be buying that much token where everybody else is just dumping token on you, right? So, yeah. so when the largest holder of sell is buying constantly, uh, you know that where where the price is going. So so the model, it's all about the model, right? Is the, is the flywheel- Tokenomics are everything. I mean, that's what we learn, right? Like, I, I, especially over the last year, we've really learned that, you know, you can have a great project that has poor tokenomics and it's dispersed poorly and 
it, 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 utility, it can be good, but the price can drop like a rock. And then, you know, you can have stuff that's absolute crap yes. out there. That's great, got great pump of minerals and it shoots up to the moon, you know? Exactly. And, and look, Celsius was the first company to basically say, here's a wallet, deposit anything you want in it that we support and earn in kind, right? You, you put Bitcoin, you earn more Bitcoin. You put Ethereum, you put it, you earn more Ethereum, right? There wasn't anything like that before Celsius. Then we added another feature. We said, okay, now you can deposit Bitcoin and earn sell or deposit Litecoin and earn sell, right? So when you see DeFi like Compound and others, basically they all copy the Celsius model. What did mm. Compound do? They said, give us Ethereum and yeah. we will pay you comp. So, and they did it only after sell was up a thousand percent, right? So com a Compound 1.0 didn't have any of those features, right? Mm. Only Comp 2.0 and Ave, which used to be Ethland, they all mm. added that functionality. The problem is, that Celsius does that 365 days a year, what I just described. Comp only does it for 60 days. Uni only does it for 60 days. Yeah. only does. So what happens after 60 days, right? So the, the main difference between us and the other DeFi guys is that uh, we, you know, basically all of our income, uh, most of our income comes from institutions. We lend to institutions and exchanges, right? Only 10 or 15% comes for DeFi. And when, when you talk, when you look at Compound, 100% of their lending goes to retail. And those yeah. people are not borrowing because they need a loan. They're borrowing because they're redepositing it back in Compound, right? Yeah. They're doing farming all day long. Yeah. So that is just not a sustainable business model, right? And, and we all know that, but- Well, we it's, good. It, it's good when the price is going up. You know, when the price is going up <laughs> and things are pumping, it's a pretty good model, but then, I mean, what we're seeing now is when but all of a sudden it kind of- you, you're, you're waiting to dump on the guys that are coming behind exactly. you. Exactly, yeah. Right, it's so like come on, opposite so of let's call a spade a spade, you know? Yeah. So there is no dumping on anybody in Celsius. Right. You're not dumping on anybody, right? You have to get, you have to have your assets to earn in that token. So I think our business model is still, even though people think they copied us, they didn't copy us because the piece that's hard is to have multiple exchanges. Like we launched with Line, which is twice as big as PayPal, by the way, right? Line is over 600 million customers. The only partnership they have in crypto is with Celsius Network, right? So we launched wow. with them in Japan with BitMax. We launched with them in the United States with, uh, with Bitfront. Uh, we launched with Bitfinex, right? The only way you can earn interest in Bitfinex is with the partnership with Celsius. So all these things are giant exchanges who are saying, uh, we, we launched with uh, Mode in the UK, right? We launched in Bitwala in Germany. So these are the mm. largest operators in each country kind of saying, we're going to add interest income and we're going to do it with the A player that we know, right? So, yeah. and all the income from that goes to the community. So, so these, these are things that, you know, like, again, everybody can say, oh, I'm doing everything in the best interest, blah, blah, blah. But you have to show it in results. Are you paying the highest interest in the market? I can say to you today, we're, on every coin we have, we have 41 coins in our wallet. We pay the highest interest of anyone on every one of those coins. And, and my challenge, my beef with the, some of the other DeFi guys is that if you want to be pure than Celsius, you're telling me you're a pure DeFi, great. I'm paying 80%, so you should pay 90%. Your rates should be higher, not lower, right? Yeah. Go on Compound and look at the rates that they have published and look at our rates, right? I mean, so so... The rates speak for themselves. The community speaks for itself. Uh, we have almost two billion uh, in assets on deposit, and and it's growing faster than anything else. And 
you know, again, we paid uh, close to $60 million in interest. Again, more than anyone else in crypto. And uh, we have like, we created 50 millionaires, sell millionaires who, who basically the people who stuck with us uh, through the hard times. Yeah, if you own Celsius, you definitely don't want to sell. No pun intended. No, it was intended and it was bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so very interesting. So I think that, uh, you know, the one thing that is kind of separating these other projects and we kind of touched on it a little bit. I mean, they're, they're offering yield farming where people are able to make these absolutely insane returns. And so when, when, when people look at the prospects of, Hey, you know, over here, you know, with curve at different times, like you make 600% APY and Celsius is offering, uh, is it 12 on Bitcoin? 12%? Uh, 6.2% on Bitcoin. 6.2% on Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. There's no lockup period on that though. Right. No lockup. Yeah. And that's, and, to, and to me, that's a huge sell no pun intended this time, a huge selling point uh, for you guys is that you don't have lockups. Like crypto.com, you know, you got to lock up for one, two, three months. And I hate locking stuff up for time periods because the market fluctuates. And I'm like, oh, you know, I think right now I can do something different with the money and then it's stuck. So I like that you guys don't do don't do those. But yes, the, let me let me touch on that because it's a yeah. very important point. So first, for, first, I think uh, uh, crypto.com lowered the rates dramatically. So I think they did. Absolutely. Yeah. And the price dropped. Uh, so, so, but, but uh, the if, if you know how to take your Bitcoin, turn it into wrapped Bitcoin and put it on this or that exchange and you know how to, and you have enough money, like you have, I don't know, at least 20 or $30,000 worth of wrapped Bitcoin and you have the matching ETH and you can put it on Uniswap or whatever, maybe it's worth it. Because for most people, if you just have one or $2,000, the gas fees yeah, and the wrapping fees and the, every, it's going to eat away. You think it's 600%. But net net, you're probably going to earn less than Celsius for the entire year, right? So, so, so for for most people, the beauty of Celsius is that you just put it in the wallet and you don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. You don't have to check it. You don't have to move it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to spend your time living the DeFi 24/7 cycle, right? So, so that's really the main advantage, and that's why we think that we basically what we created applies to a hundred million new people that have not yet joined DeFi or have right. not yet joined crypto, right? That's what we're trying to capture. Like if you're a pro and you know what you're doing and you got plenty of capital, good for you, go do it. You don't need my me to charge you 20% yeah. to do that stuff, right? That's really well, we, we, we just call it being a degenerate. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's what, and I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm on the underbelly of crypto. I love the degenerate Uniswap gambling. Uh, but yeah, right. but it's, I, but here's the thing, like, I don't recommend that life for other people, <laughs> you know, like, right. I, I think what you guys are doing. Now, right. The rates now on Uniswap yeah. for like USDC, ETH, for example, are down to single digits, right? So, right. Because they have 3 billion, three, they have 3 billion locked. So what you thought you were making for the first, I don't know, 10 or 15 days, guess what? You're not making that anymore. So, yeah. so a lot of people just don't know how to do math and. They think they're earning 45%, but when yeah. they look it up with the imper impermanent loss and all this other stuff, they may be down, not even up. No, trust right? me, I've, I, I, I've lived that life. I, I, I think I think what it boils down to is like, for me personally, knowing a lot of crypto projects, a lot of crypto teams, a lot of DeFi, a lot of newer DeFi projects. I just think what it comes down to is you, Celsius, out of all of the DeFi projects, and I guess we could kind of get into maybe in a few minutes about like coin market cap, not classifying you as DeFi. I don't even know what they use to classify, but you guys are the most solid. Like if you want to make money and you want it to be safe and you want it to be with a trusted entity, 
and you want to be able to predict the amount of money that you're going to make, then Celsius is your go-to. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't say that about any, literally any other DeFi project. Like, I feel like you guys are probably the number one safest place to put your money in DeFi. Um, and, and, I, and we support, we support 30 coins right. that are not on, you cannot do anything with on DeFi, right? So uh, if you have Litecoin, how are you going to earn money on DeFi with it, right? right? And so, so uh, I agree with you. I think, and I, th I thank you for, for that compliment. And uh, we, we're not in any way saying, look, we solved all the problems. I, I am a big fan of Uniswap, for example. I'm a big fan of many projects. I think Ava is doing a great job. Uh, uh, that are experimenting and trying to push the envelope on okay, uh, how do we do, how we do eliminate and permanent loss? How do we extend credit? Right, all that stuff. So, so in no way I, I want people to see this say, oh, Alex is claiming he invented this and he wants all the credit to himself and he wants a parade. Right, that's not the point. The point is is that when I see people charge crazy fees and when I see people like. Like sushi swap, right? I mean, giving oh, himself gosh, what a nightmare. fifteen yeah. percent of every transaction. People didn't even understand that because no one has time to go and read the smart contract and figure out, okay, how much does this guy get with that guy? And then stealing all of that, pulling a a, a carpet rug, you know, like uh, uh, under the people who trusted them. So yeah. these are the things that hurt the community. They hurt the trust, and they don't allow us to move forward, right? So so what? What I'm cheering for, I, I was publicly cheering for Uniswap uh, the day that uh, SushiSwap launched because I said, look, we know who the good actor here is and who yeah. the bad actor is. Absolutely. And if we vote, if we vote to, to support the wrong actor, then we can't blame anybody else, mm -hmm. you know? So we, we just voted, I mean, we have millions of dollars in, in Uniswap, right? And we voted to support the project. We, we put all of our assets with Uniswap, we didn't put a single dollar with SushiSwap, right? I've never so, even I've never even visited the site. Right, know? perfect. Like, I love Uniswap. So, yeah, I think so, they're doing good things. Exactly. So, so if we as a community all focused on what's best for the community, it's okay to make money. I'm not saying in any way, oh, you know, we should all be nonprofits and do everything for free. You should you should do well, but you should only do well after you did good. That's all I'm saying. You know, kind of on this channel, we we try to always look at long term. You know, like we, we want to be relevant five years from now. We don't want to be relevant. And we all saw I'm what here. happened during the last bull run with a lot of projects and ICOs and content creators. They were here. And now it's actually funny, me and uh, one of the one of my employees here, we were looking yesterday at some YouTubers that we used to watch. And we were just like, man, these guys don't even make videos anymore. And it's like they're, you know, they got a lot of flack for different things that they did. And it's hard though, you know, I mean, when you're when you are in this space and we're talking about, you know, leading the revolution of money in the world you know it's a lot of pressure sometimes and it, it's hard to make right decisions all the time because you don't always know what they are but i think i think if you just keep that in mind like what you said like everything we do is to push the space forward not to pull it backwards and you know we see a lot of that you know with the rug pulls and the scams but even with kind of like it's, it's disappointing to me to see cryptocurrency get away from even though like it makes me money like it's it's hard for me to see cryptocurrency get away from a lot of those original ideals it was launched as, you know, and I know you, you're a big believer in, um, you know, the, the idea of decentralization and uh, we are moving to a place where PayPal just jumped into crypto. What does that mean? You know, I think we're kind of at a point of no return where mainstream is coming and it's like, we're going to get what we want, but then all at the same time, like it's going to come with a, a lot of negative things. Uh, I want to ask you one other thing about, um, you were talking about your business model and things like that. 
Uh, you guys recently got a, a bunch of funding um, from uh, Tether. Is that right? You want to talk about that a little bit? A, a big sure. Yeah. So, we, we, so just like in the ICO, where we did a crowdsourcing effectively with about fifteen hundred participants, and when we wanted to put uh, more money, basically Tether, we have a lot of business with Tether, and and uh, they were like, "Can we put some money into the, uh, you know, to invest in the company?" They're also an investor in a bunch of other. They invest in Ave. They invest in a few other uh, great projects. So it's not like they only invest in Celsius. But I think we are their largest single investment, right? So, uh, so they put ten million dollars in, and uh, and I was like, when I met with them, I said, look, I, I want to make sure you guys don't change the business model. I don't want you coming in and saying, Alex, you're giving too much to the community. You're not giving enough to shareholders. And they're like, no. You 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 sh you call the shots. We don't even need a board seat, right? And I was like, you never get. If you get money, ten million from a VC, they don't they don't just want one board seat. They want most yeah. of the board seats, you know. So here I was like, wow, you know, these guys really believe in the mission. They're not here to to basically put cuffs on us. They're here to to help. And then we also opened it to the community. So we went to our community, which back at the at the day we had like seventy or eighty thousand people, and said, look. We don't want to uh, take the rest of the money from the VCs. We want to do a $20 million round. We gave $10 million to Tether. We'll let you guys participate. Here, come in for $10 million, right? And like within a few days, over 2,500 people applied. Now, many of them weren't qualified investors or they couldn't, they weren't accredited or whatever. Each country has its own rules. But we partnered with Bank to the Future to basically run that crowdsourcing for us. And, and they, they qualified about... 1,040 people out of the 2,500, they made the investment and we raised another about $11 million. So the total is about 21 million all in. And that capital, we actually haven't used that capital. We are a profitable company. So we, we just put it in and it's sitting there in case, uh, 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 you know, a rainy day comes in. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, we've, what's, what, what I think is shocking people, right? Especially like when you see crypto.com cutting everything back and basically Big saying, time. We have yeah. to become profitable, whatever. What's shocking people is they're saying, wait a second, how can you give 80% to your depositor and be profitable, right? That's the piece that people go like, eh, Alex is lying. There's no way, no one has ever done this before. And I'll, I'll argue with you that Amazon is giving you more than 80%. I would argue with you that, that uh, Costco, for example, is giving you more than 80%, right? So the most successful companies in the world are giving you more than 80%, right? Because they are long-term players. They're planning on having a billion customers, not a million customers. Mm. And, 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 and we, we are here for the long-term. We're not here, we're not like, oh, sell token is up 2,000%, time to cash out, let's go do the next thing. Get, where's my Lambo, you know? Like, yeah, uh, no, right. Your fancy you New York see, City apartment. I see it right behind you, Alex. Yeah, I don't need, <laughs> I don't think I need that. Uh, and I'm, look, I have, I have tens of millions of dollars of my own money in the Celsius app next to your money, earning yeah. exactly the same interest. So for me, I'm, I'm, not, I'm the largest shareholder of Celsius and I'm saying, I don't need the money on the shareholder side. I'll just earn interest just like the rest of my co, the, all the other people are sitting next to me on the, on the same bus, you know? So that's really what we're trying to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of underlying that I think is, is the belief that I mean, you said it like not a million customers, a billion customers. That's what these other companies are looking at. Now for you guys, I don't know and what that crypto is. needs that crypto needs it yeah. more even the Celsius crypto yeah. doesn't survive unless it has a billion customers. Yeah, absolutely. 
And so I guess my question to you would be, how, how do you see that happen? Like, let's, let's shift here over the last few minutes and, and let's talk about where we think crypto is going. And then, you know, I'm sure we can talk about how Celsius fits in there. How do you think we go about getting that billion people? I know you guys were, you know, want to get the first hundred million, but we, it's going to take more than that. How do you kind of see that playing out over the next few years or decades or however long you think it's going to take? So look, I, I, for years, right, the, the debate was, uh, is it a store of value? Is it a form of payment? And a lot of people tried to go and turn Bitcoin or Ethereum into a form of payment. I'm not a believer in that. Anyone, you and me know that anyone who spent their coins to buy pizza or a sofa or a Lambo is regretting that because now he's thinking to himself, this Lambo cost me $10 million, right? <laughs> so, so, yeah. so why propagate that, right? All we need to do is to hodl and then earn yield on that hodl, right? That's all Celsius does. Celsius basically said, look, it's all about yield. It's all about interest income the largest killer app in the world that is going away because of central banks, because of all the stuff that's happening with the Fed and everybody else, is if you can deliver yield on stable coins or Bitcoin or Ethereum or anything, everybody's gonna come and join you. That's all I've been saying now for, I don't know, four or five years, right? So, so now it's obvious because of DeFi, everybody saying, of course, it's all about yield. But when you and me were at that conference, and I was standing there and talking about yield. People were like, what? You're going to yeah. pay us 7%? <laughs> you can't do that. You know? So, so, so I think we made a huge leap of progress, right? Of, of, of going in the right direction of kind of shifting away from let's create a form of payment to let's create yield. But the underlying killer app is still store value, right? I think that's not going away. Absolutely. Now we have a second layer, right? We have, it's like web 2.0, right? Absolutely. We have escape velocity. You have the moon behind you. So we can finally make it. We can finally moon, you know? And well, we it's, like, it, it's like Andreas Antonopoulos says, you know, the, the uh, internet of money and I, someone else has now coined the term, uh, the internet of value. You know, that's the 2.0. Yep. Tearing down the walls in between having to, you know, use a payment processor to process a payment when we have the internet to send money. So um, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how it develops. I love that. You're, you're speaking my language here because I've been saying that for years now. You know, Bitcoin's never going to be a formal payment. Um, there's a lot of runoffs and other things that can happen from that. Um, but I think Ethereum is really out there, you know, building, you know, building the, the internet of value right now. And um, that's why decentralized finances blow up and NFTs are, you know, blowing up now. Gaming's about to blow up. It's definitely going to be, you know, very interesting seeing where, where it, everything's it may be, Yeah, it may be 20 years from now, but you, you just be. can't put the fourth floor where the second floor is supposed to be. Yeah. So if the first floor is the store of value, the second floor is yield, right? And income. So, yeah. so I think we all agree on that. Now it's kind of clear and everybody's finally going in the right direction. But it's on us and all of us to bring the next 100 million or a billion people by actually convincing people that this is a safe place for them. And the scammers and the hacks and all of these exchanges go out of business is all slowing us down, right? So for every PayPal that's joining, when you have that scare on like OKX or some other thing, uh, these are things that really slow us down. So, so we got to look, we, we need more good actors. We need to clean up kind of the history of crypto. And, and we need more people like you that go every day and educate people on, on, on what, what it's all about. So, you know, kudos. You, you stuck through on the 
during the you know during the nuclear winter the crypto yeah. winter and and now you're killing it so i gotta Thank give you. you credit for that yeah i appreciate that that's the that's just the, the part that people don't see <laughs> were all the videos i made that nobody saw you know so just all of and it's not just you know content creation but crypto projects as well everybody that just kept their head down and kept building kept learning kept educating i think everybody's gonna you know reap some pretty good rewards here on the next run. And, and I don't know personally thinking about adoption and mainstream and, you know, all the buzzwords. I, I try to think about when that's going to be, you know, and it's like the, if you would have asked me three years ago, I would have said five years, you know what I'm saying? And like it, every single time I get asked that question, I think now it's a little bit longer and a little bit longer. You know I mean? We're, we're talking about a total revolution of economies you know a total evolution or revolution of the way the world functions and the way the world does business um probably you know kind of like a a new industrial revolution is kind of what we're facing now, i think one one thing i've said is you know we had the internet boom we had the tech boom we had the dot-com boom we had the industrial age uh obviously you know the automobile explosion when those first started uh going to mass production things like that to me personally i'm seeing like the digitalization boom next where everything is going digital and us watching our money go, go digital is only kind of the first piece of that. And we're going to see uh, a lot more. So it's going to be an interesting 20 years, I think. Yeah, you're definitely right. And, and, and look, it's not just about what we do as crypto community. It's also what happens to the economy, right? Yeah. So, so if the economy craters and, and we're really going through very hard time and depression, that's all obviously going to accelerate the need for Bitcoin. Like Bitcoin is, the most popular it's ever been in Argentina and in Turkey and mm -hmm. in Brazil and in Venezuela, right? So why? Because they're going through this distress yep. of the fiat currency. Also, you have these three horse race between the central bank digital currency, C C CBDCs, right? You have the Libras of the world, the corporate version, and you have the public internet equivalent, which is the, the blockchain, the, yeah. the Bitcoin on the public blockchain, right? The open ledger. So those three are competing with each other. They're not it's not clear, just like in 1995, it wasn't clear that the internet is gonna win. Right now, it's not clear that uh, Facebook or the Chinese government is not gonna own uh, everything we're talking about 10 yeah. years from now. So, so each person, each person who's watching this has to decide, what do I vote with my wallet? Do I vote for the bank, for the old legacy stuff? Do I vote for Libra? Do I vote for the Chinese Yuan? or do I want for the public option, right? For the Bitcoin, for Ethereum and so on. So, and, and again, we, we have a limited time. It's not like we have all the time in the world and no matter what we do, we're gonna win, right? How many good technologies died on a vine because they didn't have mass adoption? So, so I'm in a big hurry uh, to help uh, educate people back back then we used to go to conferences now we just do five zooms i can't wait day. till we go to conferences again They're, they will be fun <laughs> one day yes so so uh, and next time you'll be the big star on stage Everybody's <laughs> like, oh, look. maybe we'll see uh, so, maybe. <laughs> so it's up to us all i'm saying is you know like we we need to work even harder to convince people to join this revolution and vote with the wallet for the public option it's what we have to do. Uh, we're in such an interesting time right now with the CBDCs and, you know, news just came out. They're like the people that tested the digital one were like, it's, man, it's not that great, you know? So that was interesting. Then we had Jerome Powell come out from the Federal Reserve talking about, hey, we're kind of open to using the private sector maybe for our digital dollar. And it's just, it's a fascinating time. We got the PayPal news. We all know, all of us just that have been remember, in here. Just remember, none of those things is limited supply. 
not right. the Chinese exactly. yuan, not mm. the US dollar, not Libra. The only thing that's limited supply is Bitcoin. Even yep. Ethereum is not limited supply. Well, right. let me correct that. It's Bitcoin and sell token because there you, you, go. you can't make, you can't even mine sell token. There is only 695 million ever made. That's it. Yeah. Well, you would think that more cryptocurrency creators would have been like, hey, yeah, that's the secret juice. That's the formula, the limited supply. But well, they keep dumping you know. on their community, yeah. right? I mean, well, I mean I even think... Ripple, Ripple said, you know, like, hey, we kind of have to to stay open. So, Right. They're dumping. Yeah. I think Ripple dumps like a billion tokens every month or something. Yeah. Right? So, so it's not their total supply is limited, but the total supply is like 100 billion. Right. It's so, 80, 84 billion, I think. Or 84 billion, whatever the number is. Uh, oh, it's 100 billion, I think, for crypto.com. Sorry. Yeah. I, I confused my project. But I'm an altcoin point, maximalist, so I try to know these things. <laughs> my point is that it's limited supply versus unlimited supply. Absolutely. And because we live in the world of unlimited supply, we don't think, okay, what's the difference between the dollar and XRP? Huge yeah. difference between, that's why there's only one Bitcoin. That's right. And it's true. And the, and the store value is definitely showing itself to be very solid. So yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting time. Really looking forward to seeing you know how everything develops over the next few years. Alex, this interview has been incredible. I think the people got a, a, a lot out of it. Um, wh where can people find you specifically? If they want to find out more about what, what you think about crypto. Twitter, at Mashinsky, my last name. Uh, uh, our website is uh, celsius.network. Uh, I do still use email and I answer my own emails. So oh, wow. alex at mashinsky.com, my last name. Uh, but come join us on Telegram, uh, Celsius Network. Uh, you know, we have a great YouTube channel with hundreds of videos uh, of content and educational stuff. So again, just do a search for Celsius Network on YouTube. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully see you in person in the next conference. Yeah. You know? So, so definitely. And, and by the way, so we, we also give loans. So if you don't want to sell your crypto, we do basically, we give you 1% loans. You can borrow against your crypto instead of selling it uh, at 1%. And right now we're running a... Uh, a promo, I think you get $50 or $100, depending on what the size of your loan. And uh, if you basically apply for a loan, you just download the app, you you apply for a loan and you use the promo code, which is, do you think I remember the promo code, right? Uh, treat. If you use the word treat. Treat. Get, yes. You can get 50 or $100 if it's more or less than $3,000 loan. So this and settles the age-old question, trick or treat? The answer is treat. <laughs> you killed it right there. <laughs> Listen, if this crypto thing doesn't work out, me and you, stand-up comedy That's on, it. The, on the operative <laughs> side, you know, they'll take us anytime, you know, so... Yeah, had to be after Corona's over. We'll all come up there. We'll we'll make it happen. So you have the same humor like me. Dead jokes, day and night. <laughs> yeah, so. definitely. Well, when I was a kid, they just said I was a corny. But now I've got children. They say they're dad jokes. Now, so it's now, good. now you so. proved it, right? Yeah, so. exactly. So, all right, Alex. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been great. We'll drop all the links down below for you guys to check out. Hey, it's all I got. Be blessed. Good boy out.